When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mount West Wire football podcast where the computers will not decide how we discuss this episode, Josh. We can do it on our own. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, we can if we want to. There's ways, but why would we? It's more fun this way, right? To, to, <laughs> <laughs> is it too soon for San Jose State fans? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is beat Boise State. Yeah, don't. Hey, don't make it too simple for people, man. Just saying. Don't make it – just like people don't want to hear that type of stuff when we talk about it online. <laughs> Final week of the regular season. We'll get to the Mountain West title game at the end because we got other games to get to, and there were some wild games this weekend. There's coaches being fired, more coaches. There is a potential coaches moving on. Title game is finally set. We know what team uh, – we know how many bowl teams are going. Sorry in advance. We'll get to that later at the end of the show. But let's go back to Friday. Did you um, – so Utah State 44, New Mexico 41. Yeah. Okay, so our buddy Ken Rodriguez, who's known him for a while, he's a New Mexico guy, done some of those for the prior website and everything. The end of the game, do you understand what Danny Gonzalez is doing in regulation overtime to uh, basically play to not lose the game, but also not win either? Be pulled to Jay Norvell. So Ken's basically saying he was doing this, this his scenario or his thought process was that because – Kicking that, kicking the extra point, calling the timeout, going for two, not going for two, all that stuff in overtime at the end of the game, that this is the guy who knows he's going to keep his job for one more year, which is not the case because late Saturday night, uh, UNM's AD said, you're out of here, buddy. And so I, I just wanted to bring that up because he was coaching like he has nothing to um, – he's not playing for anything besides getting five wins, which would have been – this already was their most win since Bob Dave went to the amount uh, – or tied for the Mountain West Championship and then win a division error in 2016. I think if they had not lost in the way they did, he would still have a job. Do you think he came down to this game? Because five wins for New Mexico, he was showing improvement every year. I I think if they had lost, I think he still would have been fine. It's the way he lost this game. His coaching by doing what he did at the end of the game? For not coaching trying to do at the end of the game, how the defense wasn't prepared for a scramble drill. Yeah. yeah, it was not great. It's like Brian Harson did this last year when he was Auburn, Alabama. Didn't try to go for the win. Junior Velvers, Colorado, didn't try to go for the win. You go, you're, you're, you, dude, you're at home. You, you could literally ruin Utah State season to not go to a bowl game. I was, I was gonna say that was the other thing. He's like, you could have kept them out of the bowl game. <laughs> like that's the motivation. You'd be five and seven. You'd have three conference wins. If they were to get five wins, it would have been. So they had 2016, last time they had more than five wins. But they had 2015-2016. This would have been the third time since, I guess, so two, since 2008, they've had two winning seasons. This clearly would not have been a winning season with five and seven, because my math is correct there, five and seven. Yep. It, would have been third, it would have been third most win since 2008. Getting four basically ties that. They had four wins, one, two, three, four other, three other times, plus the two winning seasons. So it's not as if the season was going badly. They beat Fresno State. They had Utah State in the ropes. They should have won. They had cha- I don't say they should have won, but they had chances to win that game. They're going to be against Utah State's third-string quarterback, Levi Williams, who looked amazing out there. He had five total touchdowns. He was unstoppable running the ball. He Fazion did okay for Utah State. Well, not okay. He had 100-plus yards. Devon Booth didn't do anything, even though he averaged six yards a carry. This was they could not stop the running attack, and they waged to Corey Cross get merits 233 yards. And they 
just it was a shootout. It was exciting to watch. But the so here's how the end of the game when people fear like, well, what, who cares? What's going on? So you look at the uh, oh, they don't have the play by play. I need to pull up a different play by play. But ba- but it goes to double overtime. They had oh, I'm trying to find it. My game my recap here, Josh. The play by play. So when when okay here we go. So when you look at end of the game. They the first one. What do you agree about the field goal on the first time? Should they have gone for gone, gone for it there? Because well, it was fourth and what the nineteen. I'm trying to find up here. ESPN doesn't have their drive chart, but they kicked a nineteen yard field goal. Two nineteen yard field goal. I I feel like you, nothing to lose. Yeah, I think you kind of got to go for it. If it was if it was like on the three, I'd be like, okay, kick the field goal. But if it's on like the half half yard one inch line, you got to go for it. Yeah, because. It was the second overtime. It's like, what are you doing? I I don't understand. Like the, the you are right there. You had you had you had the. They're just frustrating for how well they played and what they had. Like defensively, whatever. It's yeah, stopping Levi. It's weird. I think too. Like, were they unaware what Levi Williams does has done at Wyoming and Utah State? Don't they realize he's a running quarterback? Like he's a mobile guy, dual threat, more than Cooper Lagar or McKay Hillstead? Did they not go look at what he did? Well, I mean, three, two plus seasons ago. I guess not. Danny Gonzalez, you've been at San Diego State. You've been around. You've known what this guy could do. He's played against this guy, coached against this guy before. It's just bonehead coaching decisions where you're afraid to get a victory. I know it was super windy and all that stuff, but it was still, you make the field goals, that's great. But at some point, you're at home. Give your fans something to cheer about to do do a good thing. Yeah. Do you have it? Senior night, nothing to, nothing to lose. you got to take a shot somewhere. Yeah, so like, go for it. Kick two field goals in this, and second over in all the overtime. It's like, yeah, they got a touchdown to Dampier one. Eh, I don't know what they're doing, man. They like at the end of the game, they also should we do we not need to do we not need to remind you they had a ten point lead with five minutes left in the game as well and they blew it. Oh no, sorry, they came back from ten point lead. Sorry, my my mistake. Looking backwards, they were down ten. Utah State also, if you look at the Aggie side, they shouldn't have had this situation either. Josh, they're up ten when they score that touchdown. Credit to Mexico. Maybe, maybe don't commit three pass interferences. Yeah, that all oh, that last drive. So. Crazy, but I, I, I'm glad you brought that like a, a spacing on it. This penalty, 300 were, plus yards of penalties. There were four total pass interferences on that last drive, and there should have been five. Yeah, the one they didn't call in the end zone. <laughs> like, what are you was doing? Was the more obvious? I know one. that was obvious. So we're doing our rate. I'm working Wednesday, Friday, because for some reason we had to start a radio show Friday, which is beyond bonkers and dumb on Black Friday. But whatever. So we're going during like kind of giving. Live play by play, or kind of during the break. What's going on here? Multiple pass interference calls to go down the field because the kickoff it was deep in their own territory, right? Wasn't it like inside the ten? It was like yeah, inside the fifteen or something like that. It, it was, was a weird kickoff, so they got the ball deep, but multiple pass interference calls. They get down, score a touchdown, get the field goal, and they score a touchdown drive before. But they Utah State should never been in the situation. The penalty, oh, the penalties was a mess. I, I, I paid t- mostly attention to the second half. 28 penalties for, what, 348 yards? 338 yards. Only one turnover in this game. <laughs> I know. Over 1,000 yards of offense, 300 yards of penalties, and one turnover. This game was brutal. This was, like, you know, Mexico didn't throw the ball extremely well. They were, they were just, what, 17-44. They weren't passing as well, but I just don't understand how New Mexico, well, two sides. New Mexico should know what Levi Williams is doing and go for the win. And Utah State, they should never be in a situation to go to overtime. Bunch of dummies back there. <laughs> now Utah State gets to go to like the Arizona Bowl or something. Good for you guys with whatever quarterback you have. Or they or they go to uh, the, the Ice Bowl in Boise. Boise, you could go there, yeah, because Broncos figure themselves out there and going home to play, but... So Danny Gonzalez is gone. So one interesting thing, their OC had a two-year contract. So there's speculation maybe they'll just promote him from within because of how the offense looked. Would you be a fan of that move? I mean, it's worth a shot. Was Bob Davey an offensive coach or a defensive coach? Uh, 
more defensive because he brought in the guy from Sam Houston State, Bob DeBose, to run that unique pistol option offense style. So he's more, I believe, more defensive coach, if I had to think about it. And then, and then Danny Gonzalez was a defensive coach. I think, you know, it's worth a shot to go something different to, you know, keep him as he's an offensive minded guy, bring in someone. I mean, if he can keep Rocky Long as defensive coordinator, you know, keep the continuity a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's not a new, it's not bringing in a brand new coach either. It's a guy who's already in the program, so he either's going to be bought out next year. But I wonder if this was pre-planning by Nunez there in New Mexico. I'm like, okay, this guy we saw already did as an interim at UAB, where he got screwed there because stupid Trent Dilfer got the job. Come here, it took him a minute to figure it out. They beat Fresno State. Uh, they got their most wins in a long time, and I'm betting if they won, they wouldn't have fired Danny Gonzalez. I mean, it, I think if they hadn't lost, like I like I said earlier, mm-hmm. if they hadn't lost like they did, I think he still would have been around. I think it was just the way that they lost was the issue. Like, had they lost, like say they lost a thirty-one twenty-one or whatever it was, the ten-point lead or thirty-one twenty-eight. Okay, whatever. They still did well, but I other candidates like it's all the retreads. So no, I went to Athletic. They have Gary. Like we have a coaching tracker on our website, so go check that out. It's pinned to the uh, under the fold. So a bunch of news from us writing stuff and just around other places that report. But you hear these coaches like do you, Gary Patterson. I don't even know why he wants to coach college football. He's doing. I think he's an analyst at UT in te- Texas. He's linked to Houston. He hates NIL. He doesn't like the transfer portal. How are you going to recruit? He doesn't like recruiting either very much. From as end of as you can tell by the end of his days at TCU. Why would he want to go to Mexico? It doesn't make sense. Gary Patterson. Or not Gary, Bronco Mendehall. Bronco Mendehall. Okay, no. It's like these names are bringing up. It's like, what are you doing? Why do you want to – why do you, Why does anybody want the blandness of Bronco Mendehall who's not aggressive and distraught to any stretch of the imagination? I know he didn't Bronco – no, he put Oregon State. He wasn't New Mexico before. Was he like a D coordinator, I think, with Rocky Long or something? So there's – Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was because he's hanging out in his ranch in Montana right now, chilling. And there was reports uh, – Marco Mendenhall is the Boise candidate. <laughs> well, that too, but he's not going to Boise State. He's only 57. Wow. I know. And he kind of left for Virginia because all this new type of college football stuff with NIL and more ease of transferring. Yeah, he was uh, Yeah, he was in D.C. to Mexico for a couple of years and assistant head coach, poor went to BYU. So he's not, he's, not, he's not a bad coach, but it's like maybe that's what they need. Do it. Follow you UNLV's path if they if they do don't if they're not going to bring promote Vincent to be the head coach. Like it's not yeah. the worst hire in the world, but it's a guy who's been in two big two big time programs had reasonably good success. But I don't know. I mean, he's also a guy that knows the less too. I think that's mm-hmm. part of the issue with with schools that struggle is that they they're hiring coaches that don't know the less. That's why Barry Odom was intriguing and unique to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, because he played at Oregon State, coached at BYU, coached New Mexico. That's why it's weird when he went to Virginia. It's like, whoa, what's he going out there for? So if he wants to coach, I think New Mexico would be happy to have him. I don't know if that would be my first choice. I think with Vincent would be fine, but who can they bring around him, all that type of stuff. So we'll go on from there. Anything else to add about this matchup? Utah State, bowl game, good for them. We'll see who plays quarterback, who's healthy in a couple weeks. <laughs> we'll, they'll, do the tri- they'll do triple quarterback. All of them will get a, all of them will get a quarter. There you go. Let's do it. All right, next game. The other Friday night game, Boise State versus Air Force, 27-19. Is it a foregone conclusion? I know our buddy Matt's putting together the all-conference awards. Are we, it's just Austin, Ashton Gentry, right? He's going to win the award, correct? I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's any other person to put in there. <laughs> Especially since – Maybe Ricky White. Yeah. It's the only other person. Especially since if they didn't make the title game and finish 6-6 six and six or something, then maybe no. But he had two huge runs. And catches as well. He had 107 yards, a huge 50-yarder, just blow, blown past the Air Force defense. He led the team in receiving 228 yards, 225? 225, two touchdowns, yeah. But this game was basically over at halftime, 17-6. to six. I, Even though Air Force made that run in the second half, I had no confidence in them coming back to winning this game. Yeah. Because even though it was 19 to what, 30 at the, going into the third quarter? Or not 30, sorry, 24? 24-19. 24-19. I just... Didn't feel that they could do it. They had the interception to end the game, turnover on downs. That last quarter, Air Force is being, which is awesome, super aggressive, and everything. And they, when they hold, when they held Air Force or Air Force held the field goal, I was like, okay, I 
I assume it was over. I'm like, okay, this is their last chance they have. And they actually had two last chances until they had the interception because there was 25 seconds left and they had to go the whole length of the field. So that one doesn't count, but it doesn't. But the turnover on downs, you're sitting there at fourth and six. Why are they throwing three straight times? You see that second, third, and fourth down, they threw the ball? That's when Howdy Doody gets desperate. I know. It's your first down, your second and six. Why not throw on second down, run on third down to be third and two or three, or maybe get the first down, so then it's fourth and two or three, and then you can do either play. I mean, I, I, we had this conversation it was, last week. I know. After the UNLV game. It's like, he doesn't, his play calling when he's down makes no sense. It's it's like he can only coach ahead. It's similar to Mercedes in F1, where they can they can outrun everyone when they're ahead, but when they're behind people, they so, no strategy. Like, I mean, no, it's just the it's just the car. Like you got to think of you got to think of the coach calling the plays mm-hmm. as the car, whereas he can't make the plays when he's behind. They can't drive when they're behind. So they threw the ball eighteen times. I mean, it, to be fair, it wasn't bad. Like for Air Force, it wasn't bad. No, no, but point being, you have Dylan Carson's game doing pretty well. And they didn't even run the ball all that great overall, to be honest. Boise's defense stepped up. But I got to say this, Randall. John Lee Eldridge, is he like the biggest disappointment of the whole conference for how, what we thought he could be this year? Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why? And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, nah, everything's PG. Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving. Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force One. Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. 510 declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I, they've been... Outside of injuries... They've been leading hard on the fullback the past couple of years. And I think, who was the fullback the last couple of years? Jacoby Owens? No, uh, the record-breaking one. Oh, shoot. Uh, Let me look it up real quick. I don't have time, but yeah. They have been reverting back to the fullback dive a bit more, those type of things. And and I think that must have gotten them out of rhythm or something because they usually do, usually it was their outside backs who got them the success before that. And I think they're trying to recreate that magic. Whereas, yeah, we Brad knew Roberts. what John Lee Eldridge could do, but they just didn't give him enough options. Because last there were just, year were no choices. Yeah, it's Brad Roberts. He had three hundred forty-five carries, seventeen twenty-eight. But last year, Eldridge had ninety-nine carries for seven hundred sixty-six yards. We knew his seven point seven five attempt per carry would not stand at a increased workload. But you would think he only ran about seventy-six times this year. He was still. Okay, we say he didn't do well. He still averaged almost seven yards to carry 6.8 and had more touchdowns. I, but however, when you look at these games, it's like limited limited action. 10 for 48 versus UNLV. 10 for 1 and 2 versus San Jose State. 3 for 65 versus Wyoming. He never got the workload I thought he would have. The, the, his biggest workload was against San Jose State and CSU. Yeah, 10 plus. That's it. And he yeah. did fine. 11 for 57 and TD versus issues. It's good. It's it's five yards to carry. So, but Boise, I do think they are beneficiaries of only playing one quarterback and not going back and forth. Dylan Green played okay. Two picks isn't good. He was efficient, had over 200 yards, didn't need to run, had a little bit of scramble, but it's Genty Talani and the defense stopping Air Force when it counted. Sad. And this game put Boise in the running to most likely be in the title game, which if you're listening now, they are there. And this was a must-win game, and they're playing They're playing pretty well. Broncos, with both running backs healthy, they're pretty good. Beyond pretty good. So next game, Saturday. Oh, my gosh. San Jose State 37, UNLV 31. The scenario nobody wanted. <laughs> Not nobody, but it didn't matter at the end of the result. It was still Boise. It's going to be Boise-UNLV title game with the Rebels hosting. But this game, man, UNLV down 20 to 10 at halftime, 27 to 17. 
They kind of showed up in fourth quarter. Jet Thomas played okay, had three touchdowns, but didn't move the ball very well. They had Ricky White do his thing. The defense just failed them this week. Defense had no pressure. They had no sacks against Javon Cordero. Zero sacks. And our, Kyrie, yeah, I, I, I would like to point out. Hey, yes. I, what, did, what did I say in our preview podcast? I said if Kyrie Robinson goes for 100 yards, they win. Do not take my thunder. I've been talking about Kyrie for two plus seasons to do this. He's finally showing up, and he better yes, be first you've team. Been talking down on him because he's. I, I've been saying if he could do it, but he hasn't been doing it. So maybe yes. he needed that reverse uh, uh, impact of somebody coaching him up instead of being like, "Do better," or the stick or the carrot. What are you choosing here? <laughs> But but I did I did say if Kyrie Robinson got a hundred yards on the ground they would win, and they did. Because he, he and I, I realize it is a two headed monster, but with him and Quali Conley, but Kyrie Robinson is is the one to make everything run on this offense. Yeah, when he does, like you're not wrong. When he does, and also what sucks, they are literally the best. Team. Who's playing the best right now? It's San Jose State, and I don't think it's close. Right. They're currently yeah. they're playing the best team, and so people and we'll we'll finish, we'll finish up this game. We'll get to the championship stuff. But basically, UNLV trying for it on, ter- on fourth downs, couldn't get it done. Held the field goal. Like this game could have been worse. This should have been a blowout. Do you see how short these Spartan field goals are? They're kicking twenty yeah. five yard field goals. They're kicking short field goals in this game. They're kicking a thirty yarder. They're kicking a twenty two yarder. They could have won by double digits, but that would, would make it look easy. So Rebels defense showed up a bit when it kind of on those plays, but there's a, they, San Jose State left points on the board, I think. UNLV got no sacks, only three tackles for a yeah. loss, two passes defended. So, yeah, they didn't do a lot, but I, I, they kind of did. All, like, they just couldn't finish enough drives because, I mean, they, and they only punted twice and they forced. San Jose State to punt four times, Damn which is shit. amazing. I am pointing. I, I should point this out here. I'm on ESPN. It says you 31-31 to zero for UNLV. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm I'm on ESPN. I see 37-31. It does show the score per quarter, but overall it says 31-0 for some reason. <laughs> well, I I think I think it was going to be a long day as soon as UNLV fumbled first kickoff. Yeah, that doesn't help. 10-0 before you even run a play. That's tough, yeah. And, and then they put it in the first possession down 17-0, actually, before anything really yeah. happens. They run three plays around 17-0. It's like, what's up, guys? So this game, so San Jose State is playing extremely well. And the tiebreaker thing people are pissy about and like, what's this and why is it this way? It does suck. And for the Spartans situation, it's computer ratings for the entire season. So they played a tough schedule. They, they played... Okay, USC's not great. Seven and five. You have USC, Oregon State, and Toledo. Non-conference play and Cal Poly. If they beat Toledo, they're probably in the championship game, right? I mean, if they if they beat Boise State, well, there's that too. That one, I mean, oh, I have to say, by we'll get that in a minute. But I'm saying the computer ratings, Toledo beating Toledo, who wins is going to probably win the MAC, would put them ahead of uh, Boise State. But you're right. The big thing is going back to the Boise game. They lose 35-27. They are up 27-7 to in that game. And then they win that third title game. And they're hosting as well. Yeah. Because I'm looking back at that game. They're up 17-7. They're up 27-7. 27-14 at the half. And then they end up not scoring, getting shut out and losing 35-27. So it's really, you have to blame yourself. But the tiebreaker thing, people are like, well, divisions, this way should have it. This is like once in a 30-year thing because the tech, the thing in the Big 12 with, who was it, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Texas or something? You remember a while back? From like oh, yeah, 17 yeah. or something, whatever it was. And like, well, Texas Tech beat both these guys, but they're not in. I think that's what it was. Something like that. And we talked about last week, there was no, literally no common opponents. Despite that. San Diego State was the lone common opponent. Yeah, may, yeah, but they'll beat them. So what do you do after that? Computers, right? Yeah, and I I don't I get it. Like computers number two, it's like do you, some people would like point differential, points allowed, points scored. Should they do? I don't know what a better what's a more fair situation. Is a computer rating even fair in your opinion? I mean, 
I almost think it has to be like, I think computer ranking should be the last one before a coin flip. Well, you, the, that's all we have then. There was nothing else. That'll be, if we went by a common opponent, San Diego State 1-0. Because they both were 7-5. and five. And this is this is the issue of getting rid of conference conferences. Because then, then it wouldn't have actually been an issue. Yeah, it would have been winner in if it had been last year's situation. Yeah. And now you win, and oh, crap, you win, but you don't you need help. So that is a downfall of the division, but typically this is not the norm. It sucks, but I don't know what else you choose. Like points allowed maybe, point differential. You can something do that, like that, but I don't – something like computer rating still – there's a biases in, in that. Points scored, maybe point diff- – like I know they don't play each other. That's a problem too. Even if they had played each other, it's still been the same result. Unless if it was tied, but I I don't know. It's it sucks for San Jose State because I honestly think they're the best team in the conference playing right now. Yeah, because you do know the LA Bull could pick whoever they want. They don't have to take the champion. They could take San Jose State to play freaking stupid Cal or something. Because looks like Cal's gonna get in there after beating UCLA last night. Which really yeah, Cal? Ugh, jeez. All right, next game. What do we got here? Games that don't matter anymore. Well, actually, we don't Wyoming matter. How is Ken Wilson still a coach? Brandon yelling and throwing things. What's going on? This game was ridiculously bad. 42. Did you see the pick six that Wyoming had? No, I, I didn't pay attention to this game at all. Okay, I think it was about the same time CSU was playing. It was early on where this, he could have he should have been tackled like four times. I, I'm oh, I, I think I did see the highlights of that one, yeah. It was a pretty reasonably long return. It was at 40-something yards. I'm trying to look at the distance. But he should have been tackled multiple times. He's out there playing like he's a running back out there, like sidestepping, juking, stiff arm. It was a ridiculously good uh, ret- intercept pick six. But this Nevada team, they are just miserable. They had to – Brendan Lewis got knocked out of the game early on, so bring in Shane, Shane Illingworth. Sean Dollars, who we, we talked up, is doing okay. Didn't do anything. Like they, they just got their butt kicked. Wyoming, who did you see? Wyoming gets they get what ice cream pops or what ice cream sandwiches if they went on the road. And so I finally got them this week. <laughs> and that was I. I was reading through Twitter, and I was like, "That's their incentive to win on the road is ice cream." It yeah, like, it's, it is kind of funny when you think about it. It is. Hey, who doesn't like a good ice cream sandwich? But still, it's. Uh, but eight, Wyoming wins eight and four. Only road game of the year they won. So they went seven zero at home, which is also surprising. They got seven home games, partly because it was Texas Tech. They, uh, Andrew Peasley done right, but there's something to say. Nevada's just terrible. I am surprised Wyoming got up so quickly. And Andrew Peasley was making good throws this game. He had multiple passes over twenty yards. Defense was get was just abusing the quarterbacks. You see the six sacks, twelve TFLs. They were every time I looked up. Illingworth getting sacked. Illingworth getting pressured. Running back not tackled behind line of scrimmage. They were on fire this game. It's, yeah. There's a I mean, it, is, it is Nevada. Like, I, he, unless they don't have the money, he, he needs to be gone. And there's no improvement. And I get he took all the players. Jay Norville took a lot of players. Because this is what year three for him, correct? He didn't take that many players. I, I'm saying we took a decent amount. Took some good ones. And, but others left. But others left to San Jose State and other places too. It wasn't all going to CSU. Uh, okay. They lost a lot of players. With majority who left to go to CSU was it maybe a dozen, if that ten? Yeah, it was like eleven or twelve. Yeah. So t- two and t- Ken Wilson literally says after the game, "Duh, um, ten ten and two is not acceptable." So I, what are they like? They have no. They don't want to pay money for football. Which is weird because they've had a good football history, even though as FCS won to play back then with Chris Holtz. They've had Colin Kaepernick. They've had extreme success. Also, Chris Holtz was the head coach at the time as well. I don't know where they, what type of coach are they looking for who could even come to do anything besides giving them a full six years. It's one. I think they, I think they just need something to show improvement because you know, he, I think we found another Bobo where he's like he's a great coordinator. Is a good head coach. If you're Brendan Marion, he's going to have a lot of opportunities for coaching. We already know he interviewed for San Diego State. There could be other opportunities. 
it just say within the Mountain West, if you had a choice between Nevada or New Mexico, and you're going to be a first-time head coach, which job would you take? New Mexico. Really? That quickly? You say New Mexico? They've never won, though. They've literally never won. I think they have more support. <laughs> That's close, man. I don't know. But, I mean, look, the Nevada, Nevada, I always forget how to say it, and I was always corrected. It, it's Nevada. But, yeah. <laughs> Nevada and New Mexico are the exact same school. That's why, yeah. Both basketball schools, New Mexico is more of a cross-country school, but they're both <laughs> basketball schools. Keep that quiet. And they aren't that good at football. However, Nevada is more all-in on basketball, whereas New Mexico at least tends to try to spread the love around. A little bit, So yeah. I think they, you, would get more, you would get more support as a head coach at New Mexico than you would at Nevada. Interesting, okay. I can see that. I'm just trying to. I don't. Uh, trying to think what they'd want to do. Like what? Like who? What can they do to be different? Because here's one thing I listened to, like Split Zone Duo, and they make some good points. Like their coaching episodes. Like you should subscribe and give them their money. They're really good to listen to and everything. With the Pac-12 going away, there's more incentive for kids to want to stay out west to not. Now, I'm not saying top-end talent. Like, if you have a guy who's going to be a legit QB or skilled player or something to go to the four schools, if we're referring to just Oregon, or, like Oregon, Washington, UCLA, UCLA, all the California schools, Oregon, Washington, lesser extent, Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado. Those guys will still play each other to a degree. you got BYU who's in the Big 12 as well, so you got a, a cluster of schools out west. But if you're, like, from California – your options to stay out on the West Coast to play majority of your games within two time zones, Fresno and San Diego State, that's it. And San Jose State. You and Elvis will include them. They're right there on the border. They're close enough. So there's not many opportunities to play out West with your to have friends, family, because that's important to some people. There's, And I'm not talking just minor sports where people complain, like my family want to come watch me play softball. I go to Arizona. I get to go to all these California schools. They could come out to see me occasionally. But if you look at that example, like if you're a kid from even let's stick to Arizona and you want to go to Arizona because you're from California, that's not far. But now for Arizona, it's like, well, I'm never going to play any of these California schools. Say you're from Northern California, never going to play Cal Stanford, never going to Southern California, which is an easy way to get to. I got Arizona State, cool, nothing close by. Like the regionality matters. So if you're a Nevada, New Mexico, even Boise State, for top end of the Mountain West, you could probably sneak and st- steal some of these kids who are a mid three star guy, may not play right away, may take a second to get going, go play and have your family see you play. Like, say you, you're realistic, I'm probably not going to NFL, but you want to try and see what you can do. Why not go to Fresno or Nevada or New Mexico over Cal or State? Like, grade wide, if it's an academic, Cal Stanford's hard to turn down. But if it's. You want to just stay closer to home. There's opportunities to get some of these guys to stay here than rather than playing. If you're Cal, you're playing SMU, Louisville, Clemson, Miami. <laughs> like what, I'm just saying, like there's 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 opportunities to get for make a really good a salient argument to hey, I still get to play good. I still get to play good teams. You play in a conference that's still pretty good. You come in and play sooner. And you could have people who care about you watch your games more often than not. Especially if you're not playing in your own backyard. Like if you're a, a quick flight away, a long drive. So that's an opportunity that could be that could be taken advantage of for any Mountain West team. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to hurt Stanford and Cal, especially if the neutral site crap is going to happen. And SMU? It's like, yeah, because it's like you're, you're just not going to get any home games at all. So like you're not going to – you're going to get – you may get the smart California kids who want to go for an education, but you're not going to get the athletic kids who want to play. And do both. Yeah, because I like say you're attracted. Like SMU, I've been there. That's a nice campus. They don't have every facility for all the sports. Stanford literally sponsors every sport that, that's out there. So outside of MPSF stuff for volleyball and water polo they do, there's if they're track and field, cross country, other sports that are Olympic-style sport, gymnastics – they're going to go to SMU for air quote home games to take on like a doubleheader or like a Thursday, Saturday where it's like a more, it's like I, I swam in college. There's meets where it's not just dual meets you, me versus you. 
There could be a three teams, four team meets, which is fine. It just gets different competition out there. Yep. You don't want to deal with them. Like, how often are you going to get home games there? So it's not just the football, but there is a chance where if they get the right guy, you could get players like, okay, I'm from Northern California. I'll go to Reno. Why not? It's not that far. A couple hour drive. Yep. So they need a coach who maybe get a coach who's, like, who's coaching FCS out there. Get the Idaho coach to come down. Get I know Troy Taylor went from Sac State to Stanford. Get something along those lines with California guy, ties, which you need, and make a good case for you get to play quicker, help us get it's, – it's all the pitch people know. You could be the guy on the ground floor, get us better, get going. But also your mom and dad and brother and cousin can watch you play a couple times a year. Either if we're in Fresno or San Diego or San Jose, or we're not far from you from if you're from Berkeley or from San Francisco or Palo or somewhere in the Northern California area, Oakland or something, to come to Reno's not far. Yeah. So that's my thought of the type of coach New Mexico and these guys should hire to bring in. So also we should have mentioned we didn't mention before it's coaching stuff. San Jose State, Brent Brennan. Um is she gonna go to Oregon State? Would you wanna go to Oregon State, first of all, in the current climate? I think I'd have to see where everything lands. So that's a no. At the moment, yeah. So no. if, if you're to like, he, I agree because if those don't know, he was the wide receivers coach at Oregon State for a while, and Jonathan, Jonathan Smith is off to Michigan State. Who knows how much money you could be getting? Because they have control of the Pac-12, state or um, San Jose State, or me, Oregon State and Washington State. They could give you a good amount of money, but for how long? So I would stay away. If you're an established coach and building something in San Jose State, I'd be. You're correct, Justin. I'm gonna wait and see. It's like what's going on here. I would not want to go. They have no TV deal next year. They're trying to schedule the agreement within the Mountain West. They're not gonna be able to pay you. They, I bet. I bet they could pay you more because they do have more money at the moment. But how long would that last? I would stay away from that school if I was just because of the. Not that it's a bad job. It's an okay job. But it's also their circumstance. I'm like, what is going on? It's uh, not what I would do. All right, next game. What do we got here? San Diego State and Fresno State. I actually watched all most of this game last night for some reason. I don't know why. I, I was watching. I'm like, is, it, is Fresno State going to really do it? And they did it, and not in a good way. <laughs> what? I don't. I don't know what happened. They they just have gone downhill. I mean, it doesn't. It San Diego State helped themselves by having forty one minutes of ball control. That helps. But yeah, but I don't. I don't know if it's play calling or just loss of confidence. But yeah, Fresno State just nosedived. They. I think of this too. They should have lost to UNLV or possibly overtime versus UNLV with that yeah. guy in the corner of the end zone. Had the ball, bobbles it, and just drops it, which would have been the tying game, but they end up winning 31-24. But yeah, but this outcome, 33-18, wasn't all that close. It didn't seem close at all. And you got to give credit to like Jalen Maiden. Like he did a pretty good thing. They're hyping up on the on the Fox broadcast last game for Brady Hoke. This, that. It's kind of it's kind of a little funny to me. But there was like Maiden did okay. Like he he loved the team in rushing. He ran the ball okay. Armstead did nothing spectacular. But they just ran the ball at an efficient clip. And Malik Sherrod played quite well for Fresno State. Mickey Keene, not efficient. Like, interception, threw under 200 yards. He threw about 60% of his passes. They got decent pressure at the quarterback. They were just blah. Like, you're right. Like, play calling. Like, what, are the, what are they doing when they're 1 of 9 on third down? 0 and 2 and fourth down, trying to be aggressive there. They never held the ball. They gave up the ball too many times. There's only one turnover, too, which makes the time of possession even crazier. Yeah, because look at their – they were actually leading 7-0. to zero. <laughs> I mean, like, they were up. They they, had, they held San Diego State to back-to-back field goals. Like, at halftime, okay, it's 16-9, to 16-10, to 10, okay. I kind of felt when they got that touchdown late in the game, I'm like, are they going to do this come back? They had that long drive to make and make the two-point conversion to make it 26-18. I'm like, okay, they got a chance here then – San Jose squatted on the ball for seven minutes in fourteen plays. <laughs> he got a touchdown to win. It was it was it was just they just wore down that the Fresno State defense. 
Yeah. I four minute like your shortest drive. Two minutes a touchdown? That was a three and out at the <laughs> end of the second half. Oh, you mean the end of the game where they kneeled every time? No, no, no. (laughs) End of the first half, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm like, wait, they were up 16 to 7. They went three and out in 27 seconds. But other than that, they didn't, in this, I mean, in the second half, if you don't include the end of of game kneel downs, they only had three possessions, but they were four and a half minutes touchdown, seven and a half minutes field goal, seven (laughs) minutes touchdown. Oh, my gosh. That's all it was. Like, they couldn't get the ball back. They were eight of eighteen on third downs. Oh my gosh! Is Jeff Tepper going to stick around because of this nonsense? I mean, he's getting paid well. Lives in California. I don't see why not. People love him. He's yeah. lost three in a row to the only, honestly, only one good team. <laughs> um, so we talking about this. Remember, I told you uh, he transferred away from University of Utah last the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quarterback Nate Johnson. I wonder if he would come to Fresno State. He's from Clovis. He'd bring them a speed up, speed attack, not necessarily the most accurate thrower from what I've seen. Watching him play games would made me frustrated. Super fast, though. We talked about him before. There could be a potential spot for him to come in and maybe help play right away. Challenge Mickey Keene, Mike Keen, whoever's back there. Because Keene has one more year, doesn't he? Uh, that is what I'm checking right now. Give me a second. I know the COVID year is like, ah, oh, who has what eligibility oh, was? He is a sophomore? No way. What? ESPN has him as a sophomore. Don't go to ESPN. Let's go to Fresno State website. I thought he was at least a junior at latest. Let me see here. Keen. What does Keen have here as availability? This is an intriguing podcast. We search players' eligibility. He is considered a redshirt sophomore, so... He's not coming to Fresno State to play quarter. If he wants to play quarterback, so let me scratch up from the record. I thought might be a possibility. So that's not a bad thing to have because he's he's really good when he's on. So and Jeff, Jeff Tepper's not going anywhere. He's not going to hang it up. So they have a good quarterback for the future, but it was just a rough game, man. They just defense did not help them out. So what about your game, Josh? Your team is not eligible, unfortunately. Again, <laughs> I. I don't know. This team should have been eight and four. Whoa! There were three games that prevent defense prevented the win. Mm-hmm. CU, UNLV, and this one. Well, also Colorado and, just not being aggressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, no, they were up thirty oh, to thirty-one. That's true. They, Long touchdown they drive. Pin, they pin CU back to the two and let them drive ninety-eight yards to tie the game. That's right. I, so what happened versus Hawaii? I, I just I looked at this. I looked at some of the advanced stats last night. Hawaii had 125 yards after catch. Okay. Like, I mean, CU, CSU had 94, but still. And then, like Hawaii just had a bunch of explosive running plays. I think they had like five plays of over 15 yards or something like that. And then they just they also whatever Freddie Banks's defense was last night was just. <laughs> horrible like he did he didn't make he barely made any adjustments they were just digging and dunking all night and letting them run uh because it was like so i mean like csu's defense like he likes to get the front four to provide the pressure but they only had one sack all night and then they, they were playing the dbs 10 yards off they weren't providing pressure at all because they were 10 yards off and they were just running five yard curls and so it's just like, and then the offensive play calling was questionable at that sometimes too, because they, it looked like they were trying for home run shots every play. And then, you know, when they finally, finally started doing underneath routes in the last five minutes of the game is when they really started moving the ball. So that, that was just the confusing part for me as well. It's just like, there's so many things that they could have done better that they didn't. And I think that's what, like we, that's what annoys the CSU fans is, like, there were times before Norvell where there's like, all right, we're just going to lose this game. Let's just have fun. We don't mm-hmm. really care. But we can see the talent this team has. We know that we know the ability of this team, too. So it was like, that's what makes these losses so frustrating is that we know what this team could do. We know this team can be better. 
but the decision making has to be better too. Yeah, and like just look at numbers. Like Nicolosi played pretty well. Had to pick, not great. Ran, ran the ball just okay, reasonably well, but not great. But while well, Hawaii couldn't run the ball, like they had, they had they did better than normal. Josh, what they've typically done, like they actually had some success against CSU. But it just came down to except not scoring points, dry stalling out. I know going on the road to Hawaii is tough, but when you are situation and they were okay on third down, they weren't terrible eight to fifteen, but. You're right, like the decision making of some of these stuff going through and watching what they did. It's like, well, you literally have, like, I don't get that. You're right, they should be better. They legit have the best defensive player in the conference. Arguably, they have the best tight end, possibly top two or top three wide receiver. One of the a quarterback who is, where would you put Nick, Nicolosi? Middle of the pack? Four, I'd fourth? Him, I'd probably put him fourth or fifth, yeah. Yeah, so top third? And they're sitting yeah. here at five and seven? There's some the only the only real area where they have concern is running the ball where they're not great at. Well, they they finally started getting that in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, like Justin Marshall did pretty well, ninety four yards. But you're right, like the defensive decision making is perplexing at times. Like the, this defense was, you know, they was okay last year. Yeah, like, I think I forget what I think they I think it was twenty something yards in con or not yards uh, points in conference play outside of the Boise game. And then this year, you're like, what happened to that defense? I know. Because like, they, they just playing 10 yards off, ignoring everything underneath, and not making adjustments. Why would they not, with a guy like Kamara back there, who could be all, will be all American candidate, he's a lot of midseason awards. Why are you not using that to more to your advantage where you mentioned when we've seen them playing five DBs in the way of the line of scrimmage? Why not? First off, don't do that. Second of all, you have a guy who can get to the quarterback. Why not use him better in that situation where bring more pressure sometimes? Like you could do both. I, mean, they, they, I don't they, know. They tried doing. They've tried doing that, but part of the like a lot of what Timmy Chang or whoever the OC was, or whoever was calling plays last night, they knew what CSU was doing. They were playing ten yards off. They were running five yard curls. They were running five yard drags. Yeah, that's all they needed to do, and that's all they were doing all night. And I think CSU was scared of getting beat over the top, but they got beat underneath. I think it was almost the it was almost a mirror image of paper how cut. CSU almost beat CU. Yeah, paper cut to death. Let's go. What's five plus five? Ten. That's a first down every time if you get that play. Yeah. You you need only two of those passes on the first three downs to get a first down, and if you're yeah. allowing four to seven yards, it's simple math. It's it's if it's what are they where if they're gonna drop off? Where's the linebacker to help come in front to zone? But why? If you get beat over the top, where's your safety coverage? Like, that's a defensive scheme issue, coaching issue. Do you not trust these guys to knock them off the line of scrimmage, have a safety just in case somebody does come over the top? Because that happens. It, it just seems like, are they going to keep their DC around? This seems too many, seems like too many mistakes for play calling situations or schematic wise. I mean, they, they kept him last year because he was getting P, P5 interest. But based on the, this year, they, they probably should have let him go. Just let him go. So are you optimistic about the Rams next year? Yeah. I mean, compared to where we were the past couple of years, yes. I think this team is on the right track. They just need to make a couple of adjustments. Because they could have. You know, there's, there's some decision-making that needs to happen, whether it's bringing in, you know, somebody else to help. I, I, there's There does need to be changes, but it doesn't need to be wholesale changes. Because they're losing Horton. Don Hoker. Horton has another year. He's gone. Come on, he's not coming back. You always can. <laughs> has another year. Depends on what his wife says. <laughs> I'm just saying. I I, that, that's, I, that's, that's the reason he yeah. came to CSU is because they recruited his wife. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, a lot, a likelihood, I don't see those two coming back. Kamara, what's his eligibility status? Uh, he's out. He's out. Okay. So, I mean, like you could be losing your top three player, three of your best play- playmakers, potentially. So, and also, not to be the other guy, but they could have gone to bowl game last year if not for the Utah State debacle. Yep. So, I'm not going to say what Steve Adazio said, but they're they're the neighborhood of what they need, what they should be doing. <laughs> Is that good? All right. La- Sorry, I want to take that in for a moment. I apologize to every Ram fan out there for... <laughs> 
It's just frustrating. It, no, it has to be. They're, they are. They are. They're good. They they have potential and they're they're there. They a couple things would need to change and they could be competitive within the conference. More than competitive. So real quick, championship game: Boise State at UNLV. The computers decided. Who cares? I am zero percent shocked that Boise State's a slight favorite at minus three right now. Does that shock you at all that they're a road favorite? No. No. Is that too much? Not enough. I mean, they're giving. They're giving UNLV three points at home, so it'd be six points somewhere else. Oh, man. I mean, if it was six, yes, I'd say it's too much, but I think the... What is UNLV's rush defense this year? Um, that's, that's the big question. Yeah, Genty and Halani, that's the going to stop. Yeah. Because, I mean, if they, if they can't stop that, I don't think there's a... I think, I think if they can't stop that, UNLV's, or UNLV isn't going to do anything. So rushing defense... Not there. H two. UNLV is sixty seventh in the nation according to NCAA.com. What's that? Uh, yards yards per game, yards per play? Yards per game at 151 rushing yards per game given up. Okay. They're giving up all four they're giving up four point two yards a rush. Okay, it's not bad. That's okay. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I it's, I think it'll be a good game. We'll talk more about it later this week because we look at what we discussed. Rushing game is important for both both teams, more for Boise. If Helani and Genty can get stifled a little bit, you, you'll be good with Maeva back there. They have a better quarterback, better receiving crew. I think it, it'll be an interesting game. I think it'll be – we'll talk about it later, but I think it'll be about 30-ish points each I think could be the case. But UNLV is just not impressing me that much lately. Especially the loss this week, close games before, but they seem to kind of pull it out when they need to. But I don't know. We'll talk more about it later this week when we preview the championship game, Josh. One more football game Saturday afternoon on Fox, one p.m. Mountain Time, twelve Pacific. So that's a quick turnaround for the field. Is there a Raiders game on Sunday as well? Because they got the that's gonna suck for that. Well, group. it is because they got the Pac-12 championship game on Friday night, Washington, Oregon, and they play on turf, not grass. I was watching the Raiders game today. They play that game on grass because when I was going to the CSU Vegas Rebels game, they had the uh, tur- grass outside getting sun and everything treatment. But yeah, uh, no, I think uh, I think the Raiders are on a bye that yeah, There's the Raiders are on a bye next week. Okay. But yeah, whoever's working there, man, they're working extra time. Because that game is at noon. The game on Friday is, I think, what, 5 local time? Something like that, yeah. Late afternoon Pacific Coast time. So, yeah, changing that field out, putting logos on, cleaning up. Oh, that's a that's a mess. That's Yeah, man. Get those people some extra pay. That's what you need to do, man. Hazard pay just about for working that back-to-back games in such short turnaround time. So. But we'll be back in a couple days to preview the Mountain West title game. Check it out, mwr.com. We'll have all sorts of different unique stuff this week. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks.